Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly and I am the shop owner and your host for this podcast. This week we have one of my closest friends who flew all the way from Northern California to teach us about the sacred codes of malas and tantric necklaces. So she calls these things sacred adornments. So you've seen them, you know, people wearing malas. Uh, The tantric necklaces are less popularized at the moment because the technology was sort of hidden away in the Sikh culture um, and hadn't really made it to the West uh, as long as malas. The 108 malas that you've seen around have been here. But my friend Sasha, she is one of the only people I've ever heard really try to crack the code of why these malas and these sacred adornments and garlands work, why they benefit us, how they benefit us, how to incorporate them into a spiritual practice or not. The or not's really interesting too because you can just wear some of these things and gather the benefits of it without even having to use them for prayer or recitations. And I just really appreciate someone like her really trying to understand from a more scientific perspective or finding these theories and these sort of layers of information that validate each other. Um, I just really appreciate someone trying to crack the code because to me that's what it's like also to be a modern mystic is to figure things out and understand these ancient technologies with some of our new technologies that and, and means of gathering information that can kind of bridge the gap between sort of like the unseen And in this case, sort of like these benefits and the why, like the why we gather these benefits. And what's super interesting to me is I wear her tantric necklaces um, and I also have one of her megawatt malas. But regarding the tantric necklaces, she's the first person who has innovated that design to include a 24 karat gold string. So she makes them, she's the first person to make them with 24 karat gold and she got sort of the download that the gold in, in doing it in the gold instead of the silk will actually amplify the effects of the tantric mala. And in doing so, it can create a gold shield of protection around your aura. And uh, so I have lots of cool friends. So I have another friend named Lysandra who's done a Sunday school for us. Uh, Her company is called Aurology. So she's a aura Auraologist is an aura reader and specialist. And so uh, we were all at an event together and Sasha had us all wear our tantric malas. And we were just going to take aura photos in them sort of as promotional photos. But what we learned was that everyone who was wearing, almost everyone, I think like 90% of the people who were wearing one of her tantric malas in those aura photos showed signs of gold in the outer layer of their aura. And to me, that's sort of combining the technologies of the aura readings and these tantric malas to get more information about how they impact our auric body. And I just thought that was so cool that the point of these tantric necklaces, one of them is to create a golden shield of protection around your aura. And then we found a way, we kind of stumbled in it to it by accident, but we found a way to sort of uh, validate 
what we knew was happening. So some of this information is going to blow your mind and the ways in which she connects some of these um, sort of like the these, um, I guess, ancient, you know, findings and how you can sort of see some of these patterns through nature, through history, on cave walls. Like, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, so without further ado, my dear love and friend, Sasha, is going to talk about um, encoding the sacred when it comes to malas and tantric necklaces. I really hope you guys enjoy. Um, I'm very fascinated with sacred adornments and malas. Um, and so I've been doing very deep study. So I wanted to just kind of take you guys through um, a little bit of um, the, bear with me while I'm doing this. Um, so we're gonna just talk about beads, garlands, um, and prayers first, and just kind of talk about why we actually adorn ourselves from antiquity. And then um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the 108 malas, which I think you know more than anything. We see these the, the most common in various different forms. And so we'll kind of just like unpack that a little bit because there's a lot going on in the mala itself. It's so that you guys can kind of see what are all of the pieces and what is the anatomy of a 108 mala and how you can use them. Um, and then the third thing that I want to end with um, is really um, a very sacred technology called a tantric necklace. It comes up through um, the Sikhism uh, spiritual path through Kundalini Yoga. Um, it is a very interesting code. It's all crystal. Um, it's a it's a very potent technology um, for us to use in our spiritual growth and um, as we cut kind of karmic loops so that we can elevate ourselves. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that because this is, I, I don't know of anyone else that is actually talking about these things. It is a technology that's been kind of hidden and um, we're you know, Kelly and I and there's other groups of us are really trying to bring this up for all of us. Even if you don't practice kundalini yoga or yoga at all, you can actually get the benefits of actually wearing these, these sacred adornments. Sound good? Okay, great. Um, let's just start. I want to just talk a little bit about me and kind of my background so that you can understand where I'm coming from and, and why I do the things I do and, um, and how this has become my, my dharma, and it is my dharma art. Um, so I've been doing, um, I, I've been in, a, in the artist world my whole life. I actually come, um, my, my day job is I actually do production for animation and visual effects films. Um, so I'm very much into making computer-generated artwork. Um, and so I have this very technical knowledge, but also a very, um, there's, a, there's an artistic sense of it as well, of um, just colors, but also just imagery itself. We're also telling stories. And so I'm, you know, I'm really telling stories with the malas themselves, and it is code. So it's, it's like the same thing, but it's just in a different form, right? 
Um, and so for me, um, I have, I grew up in a household of scientists um, and artists. Um, my father is a geologist, he's a cartographer, um, he's also an artist just in the way he lives his life, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how he rolls. Um, and then my mother is a botanist and um, she's also a cartographer and an artist as well. So we kind of, and, and my sister is a mechanic, um, so she actually like likes to tool with things and actually like, she, you know, take, she likes to know how things work. Um, so like when she was um, seven years old, she took apart the couch one day and wanted to know what was inside and how to put it back together. So she, you know, so we have this kind of, that's how our household is. We very much like to get into something really figure out how it works, how to rebuild it, how to change it, how to transform it. Um, for me, in terms of malas, and I've also been making jewelry for a very, very long time, and I've been very much into crystals as well. Like I said, you know, we were, I grew up in a house that's, I mean, at my father's house, we just literally have rocks everywhere. There's just rocks. Um, and crystals and, and um, fossils and all kinds of things. And so I've been kind of in that world. Um, and I've always been I've always practiced uh, yoga. I've always practiced the meditation since as long as I can remember. Um, but it really was, wasn't until 2013 where I actually started noticing that people were wearing malas. And so then I was like, huh, what is that? And I love fashion. I love beauty. Um, and so I really started to unpack what the mala was and what it was for. Um, and then also, like, I would see, I would, I would want one. And then I would see them online or on Amazon. You can buy any mala on Amazon for $8. But I wanted something to have more meaning to it. And I wanted something that had something that meant something to me as I wore it. And so that's when the, the obsession began. Um, and so it's just been kind of taking off from there. Um, and so that's really my, my story. Um, in terms of how I make the malas too, like I really personally like making them for other people and doing custom work um, because that way we actually create a connection and we actually are putting in the prayers, we're putting in your intentions, we're choosing the right kinds of stones, um, and we're, we're making that for you so that you can then take it into your daily so that you can do the work that you're meant to do here. So there really are tools for elevating ourselves and elevating our evolution. And we'll talk more about like when they break and why they break and what to do. So we'll, we'll get to all of that stuff too. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I think anything that I'm telling you today, um, these are just my interpretations of the material that I've studied or has, you know, transmitted to me as well while I've been doing my work. Sound good? Okay, great. Um, so, really, first, first and foremost, um, malas are an ancient technology. Um, we have been adorning ourselves for millennia. Um, I mean, you can even go to any, you know, natural history museum and you can see these beautiful prehistoric beads that were hand-carved, hand-cut, maybe the person actually got them out of the earth or they 
they forged them from the shells or they made them out of bone. Um, and they're adorning themselves and there's meaning behind it. There's, it means something to the person that wears it. And um, what I love is like this is from um, um, those beautiful Minoan frescoes in Greece. And this beautiful woman, she's got her garland of her mala here. It's incredible. Um, and so really what I was wanting to do was in my meditation, in my practice, I wanted to step away from technology. You know, we're, there's insight timers, there's meditation timers. You can be like, you know, everyone's like, oh, just meditate for five minutes a day and your life will change and all of these things. And for me, because I'm so technically oriented, you know, in, in, in Silicon Valley, like they, you literally like are jacked in immediately from birth. Um, I wanted to get away from the phone and a computer or a watch, anything that was like actual technical man-made, I wanted to step away from it so that I could turn inward and do my meditation and then wear my, my peace as well. So that's, that's a really big reason why that, that came about. And then, you know, and kind of taking that lineage and, and moving through it and kind of updating it. Um, so one of the things, too, that I would just, let's just actually break down the, um, the words and the pieces. Let's just start from the basics. So a mala is, in Sanskrit, just means garland. So it's a wreath. It's a garland. These are, you know, our necklaces, our garlands of these different beads. I love this man. I mean, that is like the OG of malas, right? Um, I just, I've, I've always been fascinated with this photo. It's just amazing. He's got his, his ohm on the top there. I mean, he's really, in, really amazed and, in, 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 you know, enmeshed into it. Um, and so really we wear these around our necks to embody our prayers and our intentions. And... We wear them, I mean, for this man, this is a spiritual journey that he's on. He's on some pilgrimage. He's moving through space and time to manifest his prayers and his dreams and his hopes and love for humanity. Um, and so the, the, and then the mala itself, when we have it and we are doing this journeying, either it being at spiritual journeying or actually physically doing pilgrimage or physically go, you know, for us in our modern day, you know, for me, I'm traveling from San Francisco to, to New York to here, and I'm on a journey. And the mala itself is actually a protectant. It's a shield. It's your own personal power. It's your own personal energy shield. And um, they, you know, they also believe that these, you know, is, it's, a, it's a way to deflect negativity or any bad, you know, or not bad, but just anything that can take you off your path or, or distract you from the work that you're meant to do, okay? Um, and so that, that's Mala. And so even when we talk and I, everything that I wear, it's not, you know, I, you can call it a necklace, but I also, I mean, I pretty much call everything a mala. Be 
for this reason, because there is a sacred sound when we say that word. Um, and it's in, in, I mean, even in Greece, um, where my husband is from, they have what is called kombaloi, but they also call it amala. And they use that very same Sanskrit word in their own lexicon. So that's why we, we, come to that, we come to that word when we're discussing these. The other thing that I just recently found out um, is the word bead. So bead actually comes from this old English word beady. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and that just means prayer. So we're, we're basically taking these words and these sounds from all these different languages that we've had on the planet, and they're all, it's all making sense to us. So now we know, so now when you are putting your beads on, you're literally wearing your prayers. And that's so cool. And like we've been doing this for millennia, but we've forgotten. So I think that's really cool. Um, I, I was almost, I almost like fell out of my chair when I, when I came across this. I was like, of course, of course it's a prayer. Why would we do that? Um, so then to, to bring it all together is that we're basically making prayer beads. We're making prayer garlands. We're making prayer malas. Um, and so we use them in different ways. You know, one is that you, when we look at these 108 malas, they're also called japa. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, if any of you are yogis. Japa means repeat, so recitation. And so we are literally reciting or we're repeating our prayers on each bead. And we see this in a lot of different religions, right? I mean, also in Christianity, we have what's called the rosary. And we're basically rolling through our prayers on these beads. Um, the, like I said, in Greece, it's called the kombaloi. Um, in Islamic, I just, I can't, all of a sudden the name escapes me, but I will, oh, it'll come back to me. Um, and they're also in a different configuration um, uh, in, a, in a numeric, but it's the same thing. They're in like 33. Um, so we start to see in our, in our spiritual practices that these beads, yeah, these beads are um, just permeating all of these different um, spiritual practices. But at the same time, even if you're not in there, you're wearing, you know, we see, we see people wearing beads all the time. And there's a reason. They just don't know why. It, feel, it makes them feel really good or why they like to put on their fabulous necklace. Um, it just makes them feel good. Um, so the other thing, too, is when we work on the 108 mala, um, what they're saying is that it opens, it opens our eyes to enlightenment, which really means, which really translates is that we're basically opening our eyes so that we can clear any of the karma that's keeping us away from, again, the work that we're meant to do. That's my whole point. I'm, I know we're all meant to be here for some reason, 
And I'm trying to get us tools so that we can clear literally the bullshit so that we can do our work. And we can keep anything that would dis, you know, dismantle us from doing that work at bay, right? Because we, we all know the, the person or the thing or the situation that's your trigger that takes you off your, your path, right? And then you're, you're kind of like wake up and you're like, oh my God, well, how did I get here again? I just went a thousand miles and now I'm back to where I started. How did that happen? So these are really for us to just stay on the path and, and, and keep moving that forward, okay? Um, so the other thing too that I wanna talk about is the materials that we use in malas. Um, and so, the different materials are used for different things, for different prayers or different energetics that we want to bring in. Um, so for me personally, I love using natural sandalwood for my 108 malas. And the sandalwood is basically magnetizing your prayer um, and your intention. So you're, you're having prayers for health, whatever that is you're magnetizing in that energy to you and it's and it's literally holding on and that i love and i love sandalwood most of you you'll see like the and like if you smell it it's just amazing um crystals i i feel like our our amplifiers our accelerants for these prayers and these intentions they also, as you guys know, we're like surrounded by it. Each, each crystal has its own job, right? And so what we can do is we can actually start making our own mala stew of the things that we want to bring into our lives. Um, and so you can use that for clearing karma. You can use it to manifest. You can use it for serenity. You can use it so you can subdue your sharp tongue. All, or bring love into your own heart or expand the love in your heart outwards. They have all of these, there's all of these different properties. So you can kind of be like, okay, where am I right now? And this is why I say, you know, as malas are part of your evolution, because you're, mo you're bringing these things in, you're pulling it in, and you're elevating into these new aspects of you. You know, you, if, you, if, you're, if your heart hurts or you've been through some trauma, you know, we'll put rhodochrosite in your mala so that you can heal that. And then once that's healed... Um, you can restring it and then put on maybe something a little bit more outward like citrine and, you know, and manifest some things in your life. You're like, now I'm healed. Now I need to manifest a new home or I need to manifest just being clear and present in my body. And so then you can put that in. And so that's where that's how we start using these things as tools to move us forward, okay? And then you'll see on my 108 malas and in in our, in our mala OG, um, the Rudraksha seed. 
And so I'm sure many of you have seen these in many different ways. We've seen them on full malas. You've seen them tiny. You've seen them large. Um, these are really beautiful because they really are there to just clear negative energy. But then also, it's also part of your heart home. And so that's why you see these pilgrims with them all over because no matter where they're going, spiritually on this, in this realm or um, physically, they can always come back home to their Rudraksha. They're, 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 your, your home is in your heart. You can always come back. And that's what this is, that's what this is here. So no matter what, it's kind of like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, right? You're like, no place like home. And, you know, sometimes in, in San Francisco, it's real tense and competitive and fast, you know, in traffic and someone cuts me off and I'm just like, okay, all right, it's all good. Okay, I'm home. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> right? You know, like these are, these are the basic things that happen to us in our, in our householder, in our householder life, right? We need all the help we can get. Um, so those are the materials. Um, so next is, let me just do a quick time check. Okay, we're doing great. Um, so we're going to talk about the 108 mala. We're going to talk about the numbers. We're going to talk about the code. We're going to talk about kind of what is instilled in this. And there's so much more to pull apart. I'm just going to give you guys a little taste. Um, and if you're interested, you can start using Google and um, start peeling this stuff back and, and reveal the secrets that have been there in plain sight. Um, so the significance of 108, and now that I'm installing that into your brains, 108, you are going to start seeing 108 constantly. You're gonna be like, oh, 108. And everyone's gonna be like, uh-huh, right. Oh, okay. You're like, oh, 108 again. Um, you're going to start counting things in 108. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, a whole new life for you. Um, and, it, and I feel like I'm even just going to go on this, like, very basic um, uh, infographic, but there's so much more. I keep finding more, but I thought I'd just kind of start you on the basics. Um, so in 108, I mean, it really is about there is a very magical property that is very organized, and it's, and it's a number of the universe. And I'll, sh I'll tell you why. So one is in, in the Indian sacred texts, or the, the sacred texts that come from India, the Upanishads, the primary tantras, and the uh, Rig Veda, those are all, every one of them is broken down to, into 108 chapters. Um, in Sanskrit itself, there are 54 characters, each in, neg in masculine and feminine. So again, 108 times 54 times 2, 108. Um, in Ayurvedic, there are 108 points on our body that are our energetic portals. Um, I'm going to go up this way because I want to talk about the Sri Yantra next. Um, cosmically, the sun's diameter is 108 times the distance between the earth and the sun. And then the earth 
and then even the and then the ratio of the sun to earth is earth at times 108 is the diameter of the sun and then I think that there's another piece of it with the moon, but we'll have to go use Google and have Google tell us. But there's, I think there's also 108 something to the moon. So there's, there's all of these angles, there's these dimensions that come down from us for us for this, this sacred number. And so we're basically wearing the universe around our neck again. So math, which is my favorite. So half is 54, third is 36, quarter is 27, and then I think this is um, 12 is 9. So when you start breaking this down, you're actually going to start seeing these numbers as well um, because they're just the ratios of 108. And then the way when we get into the anatomy of my mala, there's reasons why I have the stones in the places they are and how many for this very reason, because I'm, I'm trying to maximize this code as much as I can. Um, the other thing, and this is the most incredible, this is the thing that blows my mind, is are you guys familiar with the, with the Sri Yantra symbol? Um, and I also, I have it on my ring. This is like the... Um, kind of the highest symbol, yantra symbol that we use in um, meditation. And it, it's basically a geometric symbol or shape of the universe. And in the center is a dot usually, and we call that the singularity. And this is where as the Big Bang, this is where we all began from that singularity. So in my tattoo, I have, if you want to come and see it close later, I actually have this like little tiny red dot right in the middle. And that's where we all come and then we expand out, right? Um, in the Sri Yantra itself, there are 108 vertices where it all connects. It's 108. The next piece of it is um, in, it's called symbatics. How many of you are yogis? Okay. So you know in our practice we open and we close with the sound of om. And the om is the sound of the universe. Or hopefully your yoga teachers have told you that, that it is, it is the primal sound of the universe. When we sing or vibrate the sound of ohm, and if we were doing it through a microphone and we put some sand on a metal plate, it will vibrate into the Sri Yantra. And so that blows my mind off, blows my brain off. Because I'm like, how did they know that? How did the ancient know that, that geometry? How did they see that? How did they know? And so, again, it just kind of goes back that that's why I feel like the more that we can all, and I invite you, the more that we can all kind of peel off this information, the more we're going to find that we've known these things our whole lives through all of our iterations as beings, as souls. Um, so I think that's super incredible. 
Um, so when we're reciting the number eight, the, the 108, we are remembering the entire universe. Um, and it reminds us that the universal self is omnipresent and that it is the innate nature of the self. So that is why I feel like these are so important for us when we're doing our work that it, it brings us closer to the universe. It brings us in harmony and it becomes our ally and our helper. Um, and it, it, will, it will guide you. The more that you can tap into that, ener that universal energetics, the better we can be as humans. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like user instructions, um, just so you guys know, I wanted to share this because I think that some people, they're like, okay, I get this mala and how do I use it? And so I'll be your, geni your genius bar today. Um, so um, what we do is with the 108, if you, if you do like to recite, and you don't have to, you can actually get all the power from the mala itself just by wearing it, but if you are interested in actually working with it or using it as a timer for your meditation, is that we go bead by bead, okay? And so what we do is in our right hand, on our middle finger, we start at the first bead after the guru bead, which is this middle one. Um, the reason, which is interesting, we don't use our index finger to lay the stone on is because the index finger is our ego. And so if we're in here, we're in ego. <laughs> so you wanna like be a little tricky and be like, I'm gonna put you on a different finger. Um, and so I use my middle finger and I use my thumb. And I'm sure there's probably, if anyone's like palm, you know, palm tree people, there's probably information in our hands of why we do it this way. So if anybody has the information, please share. Um, so we basically go bead by bead. And some people say you go counterclockwise or clockwise. I've seen it in so many different ways. I just feel you go around it the way you feel comfortable, okay? I think that that's the most important thing. Um, the next thing, too, is that you can also just wear it as an adornment for comfort, you know, to bring you comfort, to give you protection. Like this beautiful woman, what's your name? Benita. She's got this beautiful rose quartz around her, and she's wearing, and I'm sure it's a 108, I can, I, it just looks like it. Yeah, and you've got it on. Yeah, and so, you know, she's also wearing it, it's rose quartz, so she's actually wearing it around her for that protection and that comfort and bringing in that crystal energy, but because it's in that 108, it actually makes it more potent, okay? So, um, the other way that you can put it, and you'll see I have these big megawatt malas um, that Kelly is a big fan of, and you can actually, those are 108s as well, but you can actually use those in your home environment. You can put it on your altar, or um, I sit in meditation, and sometimes these are just too small for my meaty hands, and so I like to have the big one, um, and I like to have it in my lap, and it's super comforting, and it's, it's, a, it's a really nice thing to do. So you can put it um, on your altar, you know, in a place of reverence as well. And, you, and that energy will kind of permeate through. 
Um, the other thing that has been shared with me is that when you are actually doing your prayers or your meditation on the bead itself, it actually amplifies and broadcasts that prayer 10,000 times. So even if you were just sitting in meditation, even your breath, and just know, like, if you're not chanting mantra, that's not your thing, or you don't have, I usually do a lot of, use a lot of words, so I'm just, whatever I need to bring in, like, patience, 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 um, or I just take a breath, um, that will amplify that energy out 10,000 times. So, in with that, so then take 10,000 times 108, and we're like in, um, in millions, right, at that point? Or no, 100,000 something, 180,000, I don't know, we'll have to figure it out. Um, and then the other thing, too, is if you're not chanting your mantra, you're not chanting your prayer, even if you do sit down for one hour, 45 minutes in your one day a month, you're, you're amplifying that out even more than you did before, right? And so you can be very efficient about it. We're very busy people. We are householders. We have a lot to do. And so when we start adding in all the things like, oh, you should do this once a day and do this a day, then, you know, people are like, well, how am I going to pay the rent when I need to, like, be in meditation for two hours and then I got to go work out and then I got to make my own food? And, you know, it's like it starts to <laughs> get a little bit hectic and you're like, I got to go to work. Um, so, you know, even if you're just sitting, you can do, you can do it in that way as well. Um, and there's like lots of different other ways. Like if you see, I mean, I see some of the ones that are hanging on the wall or mine is that they're actually even broken down into quadrants. So you could just do a quarter of it in the morning, quarter of it later in the afternoon, or do a quarter of it on Sunday and quarter of it on Tuesday and get through your, your meditation. But I do feel that even when you do it the one time, then you're walking around and you've got that prayer within you and you're, and you're basically amplifying it out, even if you're not sitting in meditation. Okay. So it's, it's very user friendly. It's very, and you can be entry level or you can get real into it and, and really get down with it. Okay. So the anatomy, so the malas that I make, I'm just going to kind of break it down my anatomy because there's a very particular reason why I have things placed in the way they are based on all of this information that you guys just got. Um, so the first thing is the anatomy of the mala. Um, we, we start, I'm going to start at the, at the base. So the base is called the guru bead the teacher bead. The guru is us, we are the guru. So we're always coming back, as we're going through this, this cycle, we are always coming back to ourselves. And then, as I said before, I use the Rudraksha. Um, and the Rudraksha, like I said, is like our heart home. So I feel like if this is us and we're the teacher and we're always returning, we're always returning home to ourselves. And so that's why I use this Rudraksha. The Rudraksha is a very holy seed. 
Um, it's actually from a tree in India, it's, it, and it's it it's revered, and they're very protected. Um, so be careful when you're seeing these, like where you're getting them from, too, because I, you know, we we also want to be really mindful of the resources that we're using. Um, so what's said with the Rudraksha is that they're Shiva's tears. And if any of you are familiar with Hinduism, which I still think is actually older than older and older, he's the god that's blue. He's a blue being. So any of you that are into like the alien, ancient alien theory, you might know what I'm talking about. Those blue beings, you know, they've been around for a while. He's got his third eye. He, he also carries that trident, which is really cool. And that's a whole nother situation. When he came out of meditation and he opened his third eye and he saw humanity suffering from their own karma, their own made karma themselves, he shed a tear. And that tear is what they think is the Rudraksha. And Rudraksha actually, when you break down the entomology of that, really means seeing without seeing. And that's why I like the third eye, so then you kind of get into all of that. So I just feel like these are really, really important in our practice. Um, also, these are also very revered. The ones that I use are, they're called five muki. It's a five muki face. They're really good for householders because it's really about our health, our prosperity, our happiness, um, and also being able to ha be positive and do our work. And so you'll see if you dig into Rudraksha theory and you'll find even more because they come in different faces. Um, and in India, these are so precious. Um, you know, these are a little bit more on the common side, but some of them are so precious that they find that they're actually graded like diamonds. And they, they have their own kind of grading like we do with diamonds. And I've actually have seen Rudrakshas that are $10,000 or more just for the one. So they, they're precious to us. They're a precious commodity. Um, and then I do feel like I've, I've had this mala for um, many years and I restring it and we'll talk about that. Um, and so it's kind of softened around the edges because I've, I've used it and I've touched it in my... My energy is in here, um, as well as some toothpaste. <laughs> um, you know, so in case I just need to get in there and brush my teeth real quick, I got, I got the goods. Um, so, and then the tassel, you know, the tassel is also something that is a really interesting thing. I actually was just talking to a gal yesterday that, you know, we see in many religious practices, we're actually taking tassels or kind of these palms and we're clearing energy. We're using this to clear out the energy. And I, I feel like that's what the tassel is. I also find that it's very like soothing as well. Um, and I know that my friends and clients that um, love their malas, like when they break and they come back to me like the tassel, I'm like, geez, what have you been doing with that tassel? <laughs> Tassel's been around the block a little bit. Um, so, you know, but I think that there's a comfort in it. It's like a little bit, it's like an ancient fidget toy in a way, like our fidget spinner or whatever those things are called. Um, and so 
the other thing too is that I really feel strongly about breaking this down into the four quadrants just because I know myself and I, I can't, I don't have a lot of time to do a full 108. So I do them in sections. And so I have it in quarters. Um, I have the stones that are closer to the Rudraksha down here because, and I usually use like the main crystals um, because that is our second and our third chakra. So that's our self, that's our security, that's our confidence, and that's our creativity. And that's what we're trying to ignite, correct? I mean, we're trying to feel confident and have the courage to be our creative selves and be our creative beings. And so I feel like that, and that's a big activator for us, and this is where we shut down most of the time. And this is what needs to get activated. So that's why when I'm wearing it, I have it here. This is the self. This is me. I'm doing it now. Um, and then as we move up, I have the next set, which is just in another configuration. It's in threes. So, you know, we kind of use that math as well. And this is 21, so 6, 21, 3. Um, this also is the, the next set of crystals. And I have it here in between our heart and our throat so that we can speak from our hearts and be clear. We, ha we can have clear, calm, compassionate communication. We need more, as much of that in our world as possible. And so we, you know, hopefully if anyone's doing any, working for any political candidates, let's see if we can get the malas on them so they can speak from the heart, right? instead of speaking from other places that we won't speak about. Um, so, and we know who that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next thing that I have, <laughs> um, the next thing that I have is I, then I have this configuration on the back or on this, in this, the other, the other polarity on the other side. And in the middle, I have, I use these hematite stars. And so if you guys are any, your crystal knowledge is good. Hematite is all about grounding and bringing, so you're not like all out in the ether trying to do work and people are like, where are you? I need you here on this, on this earth. You know, like, come on, help me out here. Um, so I use that to kind of bring us back into this plane um, so that we're not just out in the ether. And then I have the next set of crystals there, too. And I have it when you, when you wear it, I actually have it here on the back of my neck. And what it's doing is what I feel like it's doing is that it's igniting our systems. It's basically like plugging in. And we see that in a lot of sci-fi movies too, right? Like I think um, Matrix and stuff, they like literally jack you in in your neck. Well, it's because that's, that's where we have our pituitary gland. We have our pineal gland, which is also, this is what gets calcified and gets mucked up and we need to clear it. And so when I put it here, it will help clear our brainstem but then it also will clear our spinal stem all the way through the chakras and then come back around. So then we can actually be a circuit ourselves. 
And then we can actually ignite our inner mala. All of the portals and the, and the pieces from top to bottom and back around. So it's pretty cool. Like, so once you kind of like tap into that energetic of it, you know, you, you're, you're, like, you're like a super person. Because you're using all of that stuff that's already in you that you already know you have. We're just, we're basically just turning you on. We're just plugging you in to that. Okay? All right. So um, the tantric malas I want to just talk about. So you'll see these. That's what these are. Um, and the tantric malas is a whole nother situation. So these are, they're still made of beads. So we still have the prayers in them. They're still made with crystals. The, so we've got the crystal energy going. Um, they are, I, I string them on 24 karat gold or I string it on 925 sterling silver because these are the biggest conductors of electricity, of current. And so when we actually, so basically what you're doing is you're literally wearing a supercomputer on your body. This is your personal supercomputer app on your body that is helping you move through and break through your own karmic patterns so that you can do your work. So this is, this is more of a tool. This is more of an app. This is more of something to really get, get you exponentially where you need to be. Um, and so when we look at that, is that really what is in a computer chip? In a computer chip, it's, it's gold and crystal. Your iPhones, they're just your big crystal. They're just, that's, that's what they're made out of. And then a computer chip is the crystal and the gold and the metal with code. And that's really what the, the tantric mala technology all is, is that we have that crystals, we have that gold, we have the code of this particular configuration, which is a binary code. It's non-repeating. And it's very much part of our brain circuits. There's so many different things that in this particular mala that are portals into our own selves. And it will light you up. Like it will, I mean, and when we're done here, you guys are going to go try them on. And you're going to tell me how, what you feel. And like I had this one woman who grabbed one yesterday and she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh my God, I need to put it down. Because it's, it's that intense. Um, and so we actually get this from, it's the Mahan Tantric. This is the actual code itself. It actually came from an ancient um, magic book um, through the Sikh, the Sikhism religion. Um, and again... We see these beads in this pattern, um, but then when I see it, I look at it, I see portals. You know, like in the cartoons, you know, when the roadrunner is chasing, I'm sorry, Coyote's chasing the roadrunner and he throws up the big black circle and then he goes through it and, or he hits the wall or, you know, whatever crazy thing he does to him. That's what I see. I just see all of these different portals that we can go into and there's 416 of them. And the 416 adds up to 11. So in tantric numerology, 11 is our highest number. It's our radiant body. 
it is of that enlightenment. And so if those of you that are, I'm sure in this, in this world, you guys see, you know about 11, you know about 1111, and now you guys are going to start seeing 11s all the time and the 108s, and then you're going to know you're in the flow. When you're seeing that, you know you're in the flow. You are in your right body. You are on the right path. Um, I'm not going to go into the, ex the excerpts, but yeah, so it's, it, the, the image was actually founded in this book called Divinatory Magic. Um, and so we're just really kind of pulling it around. It, the 416 is actually broken into four or into 16 pieces. There's like, they're almost like bodies. And um, he calls it a sola kala avatar, which basically means the 16 movements of our incarnation. Um, and that's what is encoded into this. Um, also, we do tantric. If any, does anybody practice Kundalini in here? You do a little bit. So, I mean, when we're in doing tantric um, Kundalini, we do them as partners, and we're kind of in the same pattern as we are in the mala itself too. So it, it translates into our own practice. But I don't think you need to practice kundalini to get the power of this. I think when we are in practicing kundalini, we're just activating it more. Um, but you don't need to actually do the practice to get the benefits. Um, and so also we start to see these repeating patterns. You know, we see us in meditation as portals, as the, our crown chakras, we see the tantric mala, but then we also have things that are very similar, like our DNA code. And that's what makes us us. And then we start seeing these spirals, and this is the cosmic egg. Um, you know, we see it in um, the ca uh, caduceus. Yeah, caduceus. Um, we see that spiral. We know that in our chakra system, in our spinal system. Um, I'm just, just going to breeze through this a little bit. I'm going to have this PDF up on the blog site for Modern Mystics. You guys can dig in a little bit more um, and look at the images. Um, but I just want to, I want to talk about the 8 and the 16 too, because then we're going to, because it kind of ties back into the 108 is that there's eight elements of excellence. There's eight limbs of yoga. That we have that 16 aspects of the mind, which are four categories. And then we have the 16 aspects of the golden self. And this comes from the, the kundalini lineage, the kundalini technology, and even all yoga. We all know the eight limbs of yoga. So this is very much tied into that. Um, it also uses Z energy. So Z energy, when we, when we see these angles, this is what we use to cut our karma. So that's why I say these are very potent and they're tools because as we're going through our lives, we want to cut the karma. How do we clear it? When people are like, oh, well, just let it go. And you're like, how do I do that? I don't know how to let it go. What am I trying to let go? Well, this is a tool that actually like cuts it, disintegrates it, and so it it disappears, and so you don't really have to do much. It, it, you basically are wearing it. It will break. It will, you reconfigure. It's cutting your karma. You're wearing it. It's cutting your karma because we're at these different angles. Um, Z energy. Um, and it's a frequency. 
it, you know, it cuts through, and then basically those attachments can't stick to you. So when they're like, you know, let go, and you're like, because you're attached to something, that's really what it's doing for you. Um, and then just quickly, in terms of like the crystal matrix and using that, um, like I said, um, that's out of this book um, that uh, you can get here. This is the book that I've been using for since the beginning. Um, if Does anyone have this book or is anyone familiar with it? How much do you love this book? Like a lot. Yeah, it's so good. So the Book of Stones, um, I still find things in here that blow my mind. Um, it's always revealing something new. Um, and he says that the crystal is capable of holding that pattern of intention just like a computer chip. So that's really neat. Like, that actually means that we're, we're doing something with the pattern of the, the tantric mala because that's a, that's a different version of it, right? Um, also, let's see. Yeah, I'm just going to say, so really quickly, like, with the, with the crystals, you know, this is holding our frequency. It's a matrix. Um, you know, we're holding that, um, that electromagnetic energy. That's why we put it on our, onto our bodies. And so we're basically activating our own internal crystal body. Um, and then when I'm actually doing the 108s or even the tantrics is that I'm using sound waves. And I'm using, I'm using chanting, I'm using music. Um, and that also is a, is a wave frequency, a Z frequency, as we start layering it over. And you can actually feel that within the malas as well. And so even if you're singing and doing your mantra, um, it's, it's actually harmonizing with you. Um, and so usage-wise, you know, I just, I like to wear them to expand my aura field. Um, and then really does help, the crystals really do help with like expanding your consciousness and quickening your evolution. Um, you know, we can do the work, but then there, we also want the tools to kind of help us get there faster. Um, and then you can be a crystal light body <laughs> workout. Who remembers this? Yeah, you do. Oh man, Linda Evans. She was the first crystal light body. Um, <laughs> um, you can use gold as an accelerant. So I use the gold and the metals to accelerate the, the crystal frequency. Um, you know, there's also the properties within the gold itself. Um, it's life force at the end of the day. It's our pre most precious commodity on here on earth, and hence why the others come to try to get it from us. Um, and we know that because we use it in reverence. Um, we, use it, we use it to crown ourselves. And that's for all of us. We are all royal. We are all noble. Um, we all have majesty. Um, and then just usage-wise, um, you know, I think you can use these in so many different ways. We're basically cutting our karma. Um, when we break these things, it's a victory. So be excited about it. Um, because that means you broke through. 
and we were, you were on a, a path, you were moving up, you were climbing to the summit. It breaks. We reconfigure it. You go to the next level. You level up. So when you work with me to do malas, we're, we're creating a relationship for life. Um, because basically we are working together to move that forward um, at every single one of your evolutions. And your prayers and your intentions change at every, at every stage, right? Um, I love my friend said, when you're breaking karmic loops, we're encoding for the next iteration of your evolution. So cool. Um, and, and then, of course, you can layer <laughs> like a boss. I, had, I think I had like four on yesterday. I was like, I was so spun out. I was like, wow, I don't even know where I am. Um, so, you know, you can actually layer these on and, and get different and basically change your, your, your recipe for the day for yourself. Um, and, and I have like most of them out there you can try on and even like combine them and see. Like, what does it feel like to be grounded by, but flowing like water? Or what does it feel like to be um, heart wide open um, and feeling like a queen or a king? It's cool. Like, you can change that stuff up. Oops. Uh-oh. And then um, you guys will see, too, that I, I, in the tantrics, I use pyramid energy to actually plug them in and charge them up. Um, and so the tantrics actually come with the pyramid because they're just like we have to plug in our phones. They need, they need to be lit up again and kind of charged up. And so that's why I have them on there. Um, and they'll let you know, there's like no real, you just kind of get sophisticated and, and kind of create a relationship with your mala. Um, and then it will tell you what it needs and then you'll tell you, you'll tell it what it needs and, and you'll go from there. Sound good? Um, so that was me. Um, thank you guys. Um, does anybody have any questions or do, actually, no, I'm sorry. We're going to step out because they're going to open the store, but I have my table out there so you guys can come and ask me questions. Um, while you're waiting to ask a question, please just try on the malas and just, I mean, even if it's not about buying or anything, but it's like, I just want you to tell me what you feel because that's important. We just need to tap into that. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sasha. I just wanted to mention, if you guys want to grab one of these, we're, part, we're a sponsor of an event called Attune at Serenby. It's like a next-level wellness event. There's going to be Elizabeth Gilbert, Gabby Bernstein, Shaman Durek, and some really amazing presenters and experiences. So if you want to grab one of these on your way out, it's going to be like the most beautiful uh, wellness event. My friend is orchestrating it, and she's super high vibe out of Ojai, California. So have a great day. We'll see you guys next time, same time, same spot. Bye, y'all. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.